0: Kent Online News.
1: News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott.
0: It's Friday the 30th of August. Coming up, migrant crisis could get worse after Brexit.
2: The British authorities will be in a much weaker position in terms of trying to persuade the French to accept returns it may be that france will want more money will want more equipment who knows
3: teenagers speaks out about sexual assault if schools sort of improve how they're delivering education and sort of saying this is what consent looks like then young people could be more clear and then hopefully in the future this may happen to less people
0: and beauty queen
1: says pageants helped rebuild her confidence It's not about just how you look like it's about your confidence and about raising money for charity and about your platform and what you stand for
0: Kent online news as Boris Johnson promises to step up talks with the EU to try and get a new Brexit deal charities warning the migrant crisis could get worse after the UK leaves the EU more than 1,000 people have attempted the dangerous journey across the channel from France to Kent so far this year the Home Secretary Priti Patel's been discussing the issue with the French Interior Minister this week. Steve Valdez-Simmons from the human rights charity Amnesty International has been speaking to Sky about the meeting.
2: We would like to see her join with her French colleagues in sharing responsibility for people seeking asylum and that means um, not leaving it all to, to France to receive their asylum applications but saying that particularly people with family here already but also other people seeking safety, the UK will accept some of their claims and allow them to come here to make the claims. France already receives twice as many asylum applications as the UK does, has done for very many years, and unless the two governments share responsibility in this way, I'm afraid we'll still see people making these very dangerous journeys. The French authorities, I think, have speculated about the uh, better weather at the moment, but I think the, the real thing is that This situation in northern France has been allowed to get worse and worse for many years now. And it's only been a matter of time before those who are making profits off the desperate people making these journeys have found the means to produce um, the routes for these crossings to happen. And the longer that governments turn away and don't sort out what people need, the more it is that someone else steps in and for a profit and at great risk to the people involved starts doing things like this. With just two months
0: to go until the UK leaves the EU, Steve's concerned things could get a lot worse this
2: winter. Obviously it will depend upon French and British relations, but no doubt um, the British authorities will be in a much weaker position in terms of trying to persuade the French to accept returns. It may be that France will want more money, will want more equipment, who knows? But the reality is that Really, it should be about sharing responsibility. It should be about addressing the desperate circumstances that men, women, and children are in and providing routes to safety for them.
0: This all comes as officers searching for a missing migrant woman at sea are told of a body found in Dutch waters. She was originally spotted in a boat full of 20 migrants off Thanet more than two weeks ago. The 19 other people on board were rescued, but she disappeared.
1: Kent Online reports.
0: Elsewhere today, a 17 year old boy is been arrested on suspicion of making threats with a gun after armed police surrounded a block of flats in Maidstone. Officers were called to Massey Close near Armstrong Road yesterday afternoon. They were responding to reports of two males threatening a group of people in a field off Grig Lane. No weapon has been found. A 65-year-old Italian man's been arrested after a woman in her 70s was hit by a lorry in Maidstone. She's in a serious condition in a London hospital after it happened on Lose Road at around half two yesterday afternoon. The man's being held on suspicion of causing serious injury by dangerous driving. A German teenager who was attacked while on a school trip has undergone major surgery to improve his recovery. Daniel Ezidine, who's 17, had been in Canterbury on a graduation break when he was assaulted by a gang in the city centre. He was placed in an induced coma and has remained in a serious condition in hospital since the attack on the 6th of June. 11 people have now been arrested but no one's been charged. A teenager from Kent's opened up about being sexually assaulted in the hope of helping other victims. 18-year-old Anna McGovern is chair of the Medway Youth Council and has started a campaign calling for youngsters to be better educated about consent. She's been chatting to Ollie in the KM Community podcast.
3: So a few weeks ago, I went to the UK Youth Parliament annual conference alongside our other MYP for Medway and I presented a motion to improve the quality of sex education in schools because actually it is not great at the moment because um, according to the Terence Higgins Trust Relationships and Sex Education report, 75% of young people were not even taught about consent. And this is something I highlighted in my speech when speaking to the NYPs. And when they responded to our speech, many of them said that they had not necessarily even received any kind of sex and relationships education in their schools. And I think if government hear that young people really want this to change and to be improved, then hopefully they'll listen and implement it
2: do you think consent is the is the most important thing when it comes to looking at improving the quality of sex education in schools
3: yeah because i think with consent it is sort of a very blurry area and not many people may necessarily know what is consent what isn't consent and i think if schools sort of improve how they're delivering sort of their education and sort of saying this is what consent looks like this is what consent doesn't look like then young people could be more clear and then hopefully in the future this may happen to less people
2: do you think that um that sex education in schools has been slowly improving? I know that mm. you, you if you talk to someone who went to school maybe ten, fifteen years ago, there was less of a focus on PSHE than mm. there is now do you think there's still a way to go?
3: I definitely think there's still a, there is still a way to go and I think 10-15 um, years ago it, was, uh, it definitely wasn't the way it is today um, but I still think it can be better because um, I've spoken to young people who haven't even received any kind of sex and relationships education personally I've been very lucky to access education that's been incredible and um, very supportive and enlightening but not other young people have been necessarily as lucky as I have been so I think if It's improved across the whole UK. Hopefully, all young people will be able to access it.
2: Do you think that there will be any pushback from that? Mm. Because some parents might not want their children to be exposed to this kind of harsh reality Mm. i suppose
3: yeah exactly um there's some parents who don't exactly want their you know younger children to sort of be exposed to that kind of um education and some of them have even ruled out their children from accessing it completely but i think that's wrong because i think as long as it's sort of conducted in a way that's appropriate for different age groups then it can be done right but i think if it's taught at a young age hopefully they'll grow up with these sort of morals and values that um you know knowing what consent is knowing what is and what isn't okay um to do and to conduct yourself and sort of what a healthy and unhealthy relationship means i think if they sort of grow up with these values in the future it could actually make such a huge difference so i think as long as the education they're receiving is age appropriate for you know different year groups and things like that then i think Everyone should access it. You can hear their full chat at kentonline.co.uk.
0: Kent Online News. A Maidstone man who stored £6 million worth of drugs in shipping containers has been jailed. Police discovered more than 50 kilos of cocaine and 17 kilos of heroin at a property in Orpington earlier this year. 38 year old James Murphy from Church Street in Teesson has been locked up for 16 and a half years. Firefighters have spent hours tackling two separate blazes involving hay bales on Romney Marsh. They broke out in fields between Ham Street and Brenzit last night and part of the A2070 was closed this afternoon. You can see dramatic videos of the fires at Kent Online. Elsewhere, police say they're treating a boat fire in Maidstone overnight as a potential arson attack. Crews were called to the Broadway just before midnight after a motor cruiser, said to be worth £150,000, went up in flames on the River Medway. In our story online, you can see how the rebuild of a supermarket in Folkestone that burnt down nearly a year ago is coming along. Walls have now gone up around the metal frame at the Morrisons on Cheriton Road. It's due to open in time for Christmas. Now, a beauty queen from Maidstone has told us how pageants have helped rebuild her confidence. Zoe Hetherington, who's been competed in the regional finals of Miss Kent GB today, suffered from depression after struggling with acne and low self-esteem at school but the 21 year old says she was able to speak out thanks to support from other girls. She's told Ish how she's hoping to encourage more young people to get on stage and celebrate
1: diversity. It's honestly truly incredible I feel that people have a lot of um, like misperceptions of what a beauty pageant is and a lot of people think that it's literally about getting up on stage and exactly what you look like Um, and I feel like they've changed so much in this day and age and they're now at an amazing place and it's not about just how you look like. It's about your confidence and about raising money for charity and about your platform and what you stand for. It's not just about getting up on stage. Um, and I think that's something that's really important.
2: Yeah, I understand this is something that's, that's helped with your mental health. It was in 2017, I understand you were diagnosed with depression, is that right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's something that I had really low confidence and really low self-esteem. Um, and even then, like I, that's when sort of I started competing. And I'd competed before then, but I sort of went into a low point. And, um, Um, then I was like okay I want to compete again because I feel that it's really helped me in like my confidence levels Um, and you meet such amazing people and honestly some of the girls stories are truly incredible Um, and it's people that you wouldn't ordinarily like come across or you wouldn't sort of meet um, and you sort of cross paths and then I've got amazing friends still now from competitions that I've done previously Um, so I think it's something that yeah working with other girls is incredible.
2: Your story itself is also quite empowering so what was it that you went through?
1: Yeah so I felt quite I remember sort of I was in quite a bad place for quite a little while I had a little bit of a tough time at school and it's very sort of like I'm very career driven and very determined in everything that I wanted to do and I knew I wanted to go to university and um, so I worked very hard and sort of put all my focus in that and then forgot that actually you sort of need to make friends at the same time Um so it's something that I think from that from that sort of moment um I also had really bad acne on my skin um so as well as sort of going through everything else I was sort of suffering with that um, and it just called like low cause low confidence and low self-esteem but it took me so long to go and get help and finally speak out because I'd had an amazing upbringing and an amazing life and I felt guilty for feeling that way because nothing actually had gone bad in my life there was no reason for me to feel that way um so I think it was something that was a struggle for me to sort of actually seeking help that was a huge milestone um to where I am now really and without seeking help I 100% wouldn't be in the place I am now Um, and just a year after being diagnosed I was with depression I was completely um, sort of cleared and discharged from the doctors and they said that I was completely fully recovered Um, and I think that's because I'd had such an amazing support network that I'd managed to speak out and speak to other people about.
2: That's fantastic, how did competing during that period also help to overcome that?
1: I think it was more like speaking to other girls and realising that actually that you could choose like hundreds, thousands of things that you don't like about your body. Um, And then other girls literally could absolutely dream of having what you have and your life and everything else and I think it's being it's made me feel so grateful for what I have and I think it's something that I always used to have such low confidence and I was sort of within myself and didn't express myself and um I think that's really like brought myself out of my shell and I've been able to express myself my full true bubbly happy personality and sorry and like that's me um and it's sort of accepting that and as well as like getting up on stage it takes so much confidence to be up there and sort of in front of all these people staring at you um and i think that's something that you really have to like overcome and it's really sort of um like motivating in yourself to get up there and sort of um yeah be up there and within that self that's confidence boosting um and as well as meeting the other girls it's been truly incredible and that's yeah been a huge part of my journey and my road to recovery kent online sports Football and Gillingham welcome Bolton to
0: Priestfield in League One this weekend following the successful takeover of the club. The Wanderers have avoided being kicked out of the English Football League but there are concerns about who will play for the visitors tomorrow. Assistant manager Paul Rayner says it's been difficult to prepare for the
4: match. It's not a normal week I'll be honest, you know, normally we're, we're looking at videos and we're looking at uh, reports from previous games which we've had to do anyway. Um, but we 're very much in the dark in terms of what team's going to arrive uh, at priestfield on saturday so it 's going to be a bit uh, bit of the unknown and wait until that team sheet comes in whether they announce some signings i 'm sure they will, but as I say what what signings how many we just we just don 't know i mean we 're Obviously, from the the football family, we're absolutely delighted that uh, that they've been saved. But uh, you've got to as well you know, spare a thought for uh, the people, the fans, the players at Bury, It's it's a terrible situation. So as much as we're delighted for Bolton, you know we're just uh, you know we're a little bit unknown about what uh, the strength of the squad, um, the integrity of the games they've played before is has been obviously put into question. You know, the Doncaster Rovers game, what's going to happen with that one? You know, will they then play a much stronger Bolton Wanderers team in the next few weeks? Is that right? Is that wrong? Uh, We'd have to wait and see, but, you know think everybody's thoughts at the moment are for Berry and uh, let's just hope that uh, whichever Bolton team comes on Saturday we can get the three points and but after that we're obviously delighted that they've been saved. Well I think the team sheet will go in at quarter to, quarter to two it'll be a lot of scrambling on uh, you know on Wisecout and trying to look at clips and bits and pieces but uh, yeah we'll, whatever signings they make we'll, we'll know of them uh, we'll be a bit scratchy about formations etc etc but we, yeah, it'll be about what we do on the day, you know, and how strong they'll be. Will be, you know, the business they can do in the next couple of days. But as I say, it'll be about what we do on the day, as it as it is every week. I don't think it's been a problem for the players. I mean, they they'll get on with what they have to do, their training, and just focusing on the game. You know, we were always hopeful the game would. Would take place anyway, not just for our benefit, but obviously for Bolton's as well. It's the uncertain thing is obviously not the, the quality of team that's going to arrive here on Saturday. You know, whether it's still going to be the younger players, whether they'll have time to make signings or not. So that unknown coaching side of it. You know, what formation we're going to play against, what type of player we're going to play against. We just won't know until that team sheet comes in, at, uh, at course, two on Saturday. So, you know, that's a little bit of uncertainty, but there's nothing we can do about it. We were in the hands of the AFL and administrators, so we just had to go go about with our business as, as best we could, and, uh, and we've done that. So uh, we've had to focus on ourselves other than Bolton, really.
0: The Jills are still without a win after four games. They've boosted their squad this week, though, with a signing of two new players on loan until January. Defender Tom O'Connor moves from Premier League side Southampton... Well midfielder Oliver Lee joins from Scottish club Hearts, he's told us what it's been like so far at the club. I
4: spoke to the gaffer last week and he told me about the plans for the clubs and things like that and I was I was excited to come and be part of it. Yeah, it's been really good. Obviously, Hearts is a brilliant club and I, I had a good season there last season and now it's, uh, it's nice to be back close to home and I'm looking forward to getting to enjoy my football. Yeah, no, they've been really good and he spoke really well when I met the gaffer and um, yeah, I'm excited to excited to be part of it. I knew a lot about Gillian and the gaffer spoke, like I said, the gaffer spoke really well and really uh, was encouraging for me to come in and help the lads out and join in. Uh, so that was a big part of it and then, yeah, I'm just happy to be here. I'm a lot better than I was last time. <laughs> it was only a short sure spell then, but I was only I was a young kid and I wasn't I, think I wasn't quite ready then. But now, yeah, I'm, I'm a mature player now and I like to get on the ball, create goals, score goals and... Yeah, we really just bring a lot to the team. Obviously, I'm not a crash bang wallop sort of midfield and run around to smash everybody. Like more, like to create things and get on the ball like I said but um, yeah I'll try and bring a bit of everything to my game and hopefully that can lead to more victories for Dylan
0: and finally today Kent's Paralympian Will Bailey's had his first spray tan ahead of the new series of Strictly Come Dancing the 31 year old table tennis player from Tunbridge Wells has posted a video of the experience on Twitter he's one of the celebs taking part in the show which starts next Saturday that's it for now but don't forget you can go to kentonline.co.uk for more news throughout the day